Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. I am legally obligated to mention that this uh, this sermon series uh, is deeply inspired by uh, Marie Kondo's process. Uh, you can learn more about that through uh, her Netflix show, Sparking Joy, and Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, as well as her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Um, she also has several other books, including... Um, uh, whoa, what's it called? Karashi, which is the, the most, I'm uh, butchering the name, but it's the most recent one where she reflects a little bit more on her home. And at the end of that book, she alludes to, you know, I'm, I'm about to have my third kid and I don't know what tidying is going to look like once I have a third child. And then I don't know if you saw in the Washington Post this, yeah, this week, she, she came out with a statement. She's like, you know, <laughs> I've learned a lot about tidying. And her whole thing is like, you're, you're choosing to keep the things in your life that spark joy. And she's like, what I realize is that what sparks joy for me is to have time, quality time with my kids. And that might mean that like the, the everything isn't immaculately perfectly in every single spot. Because we're just trying to like create a household that is like energized by joy, and this I believe is the real um, the real reason why I wanted to use this process is because it's not about kind of becoming like a Pharisee of tidiness, you know? <laughs> like it's not about like this perfectionistic you have to get this all right. It's more like you're getting in touch with an inner guidance that I believe from God that can inform how you create your settings, and that's what. The shorthand for that is sparking joy. Uh, we have called that discernment in other contexts. So if you're um, joining us for the first time, by the way, uh, the basic process for what we're talking about is like, so you gather everything, like every item of one category that you own into one pile, organized by category, not room. And then you hold each one and ask if it sparks joy. If it does, then you store it in a place that you can see it with all of its other friends, like st store things by category, right? And then uh, if it doesn't spark joy, then you think and rehome it. There's a couple things that I just want to triple underscore here because, um, you know, as I'm hearing how this process is going for you, I just want to reemphasize some things. So, um, you, uh, it doesn't work if you do this by space. It has to be by category. So like, I'm going to tidy all my clothes. All my clothes go on the bed. All of my books go into one spot. And there's some folks who, um, just because of the way that their body works or because their life stage, have to do it like by drawer or take it in smaller chunks. That's totally fine. But the point is that like your winter clothes don't live here and your summer clothes here and your other your former clothes here because then you don't actually take inventory of how many clothes you have. So the point is you're trying to visually teach yourself how many of one thing that you have. Um, uh, you're only tidying based off of your stuff. So not your roommate's stuff, not like your uh, messy spouse's stuff. Like right now, we're just focusing on just your stuff. Yay. And uh, when you think of a, a t um, storage solution, you're trying to find a way for you to easily open up a drawer or open up a cabinet and immediately know how much of that thing you have there. 
So, like, I'm not a big fan of piles. Try not to pile anything. We're trying to store something in a way where you can see everything in that category once because that's how you continue to uh, be able to filter. So uh, we've gone through, uh, gosh, clothes, books, uh, paper. Uh, last week, John Carlos preached on screen time and going through all of your apps <laughs> uh, and, and deleting. And uh, we're kind of moving into the territory now where we're looking at um, miscellany, miscellany. So that might mean kitchen items, uh, cleaning supplies, outdoor sports gear, electronics, very same principle. Just put it all into one spot. Just do the thing where you hold the, the, each item, which by the way, you're not just like, I glanced at it. Okay. I decided to spark joy. Like you are physically holding each item and allowing your inner guidance to kind of like energetically show you. Um, so you do that for each category. And um, and I would just encourage you, like, it depends on your lifestyle, but make categories that are big enough that you can tidy while you have COVID. <laughs> so I uh, I recovered from COVID. I'm testing negative, by the way. And um, uh, last week, yay! Uh, so last week, I was like out. Like, I was like completely horizontal, not able to do anything. And just the stuff kind of started accumulating. And the day that I started getting even a little bit of energy, it was so easy for me to be able to replace things back into their homes because the categories are so simple that my brain didn't have to work hard. It's like, this is a sock. Where do socks go? In the giant clothing spot in my house. Okay, got it. You know, like we're trying to make it so you don't have to work so hard for it. Um, and, and I do also want to reiterate I know this is a lot of preface. I also want to reiterate that this is not a gendered activity, that uh, this is not just for women to tidy the house, that all genders of people um, are responsible for uh, their stuff. Uh, as, as one meme puts it, um, tidying your home is a life skill, not a wife skill. So we're trying to, we're trying to like all take responsibility for the things that we're in charge of and surround ourselves with joy so that it's kind of fun to, to do. But uh, after you go through all these categories, and I bet you're getting pretty good at it if you're, you've followed the sermon series up to now, there is one last category. And it's kind of like the final boss. Like it's kind of the biggest, hardest thing, like what you've been training this whole process for. This one category that actually single-handedly stops people from tidying their homes because they don't want to face it. This one category that starts um, fights in couples and that starts uh, disputes. That category is, of course, mementos which is to say the things that you're holding on only for sentimental reasons. So there's not like a practical application for, uh, for these things. These are things that you're holding on to just for sentimental reasons, the mementos. People um, have already started, I've already started to see glimpses of this in other categories, and I can tell based off the feedback that I'm getting after my preaching, uh, because people are coming at me really every Sunday that I preached on this in both New City Church and Northeast, the other uh, church that I pastor, that we're in partnership with, 
and um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of energy that comes from from this protection of mementos, and uh, and it it sounds it usually sounds a little something like this where it's like I'm gonna do this process, but I'm never getting rid of my ceramic dolls, Tyler. So you can just back off like it just big energy, and I'm like interesting. Let's practice some some gentle curiosity with this energy like uh, so first off like I'm not telling you that you have to get rid of anything I'm saying that everything that you decide to keep should spark joy and so really the defensiveness comes from things that are like I know this doesn't spark joy for me but I can't get rid of it anyways I want to be miserable let me be miserable Tyler pastor so-called Tyler Listen, those ceramic dolls stay. Yeah, they make eye contact with me and freak me out and scare my children. Let me keep the ceramic dolls, Tyler. Like, okay, big energy. Big ceramic uh, doll energy. And I, um, I, uh, so just like the way that ministry works, sometimes I am in people's lives and doing things with people. And so one time I was helping uh, uh, an elderly gentleman clear out his home that he had lived in for 30 years he lived in his house for 30 years and at over 30 years kind of a lot of things uh come up and so in the attic of this home there's this heavy box completely dusty taped over that we bring down and open it up and it is a box of rocks a box of literal rocks has big heavy rocks and i'm like okay so would you like to bring this box of rocks with you to the next place that you're moving? Or would you like to discard this, thank this and discard this? And he has said, I, I wouldn't have kept it if it didn't mean something to me. And even though I can't remember why I kept it now, I have to, I have to hold on to it because why would I have a box of rocks Unless at some point it was an important, <laughs> like, do you hear? Do you see? like? Are you are you getting are you getting the dynamic here where it's like this is not about joy or the life that you want to build anymore? Like there is a fear that uh, is underlying this reaction that is steering your life. You're allowing this fear to captain your life and literally like physically burden yourself as you're going on in your life. Like this is a, a big spiritual thing that we kind of have to address here. And maybe perhaps in the Beatitudes, that's the reading that we had, this is why Jesus says, blessed are the mourners because the mourners are the ones who can say goodbye. When we see this box of rock situation, we're experiencing a dysfunction in grief, an inability to mourn things well. And so instead of like being able to be like, wow, this is like big feelings and I'm really emotion emotionally engaging with this. It's more like, okay, this is like making me not feel good. And so I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And we literally are accumulating so much stuff because we don't want to have to grieve. We don't have to mourn. And Jesus is like, okay, that's your choice, but your life is not going to uh, ever be what it could be. 
if you if you're unable to engage in the grief of passing things off and like a great time to you know life throws at us huge opportunities to mourn or huge opportunities to grieve and our mementos are great practice ground great training ground for you to really start to hone your ability to engage in these hard situations because the truth of the matter is that if you're keeping boxes of rocks around that you don't even know why you're keeping them this is no longer about sparking joy this is a hostage situation you are being held hostage by your box of rocks and like it's just time for like the 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 way to negotiate yourself free is through grief is through like really deeply feeling what you're going to feel about the things and being able to move through so let's just revisit our mementos using our process that we already have so first off, I want to name that if something does spark joy for you, one of your mementos does spark joy for you, then like don't store it in a box underneath your bed. Show your stuff. Like if you if something really is sparking joy, if there's a memento that's like, wow, this is amazing, then like hang it up, put it on the wall, have have a space where you can honor that and show that and respect that. Uh, while while I was doing this, um, someone came up to me after church and was like, I found something from like. An 18 a relative that I have from the 1800s and I didn't even know that I had it because it was like underneath 30 pounds of books or whatever and it's like that's so cool why not enjoy the things that you have that are good instead of like dooming them to like being underneath 30,000 magazines you know like like enjoy the stuff that you have and and there is like delight that can come from that um, for the things that don't spark joy though, like really taking the time to be able to thank the object and then like allow yourself to welcome in the emotional response that is coming from engaging with that. Some of you who are uh, new to New City haven't heard about welcoming prayer, but this is some my main like prayer practice, which is simply welcoming in emotions and letting them say what they're going to say and then offering those emotions up to God. That's kind of my, my go-to thing. And as you're tidying, some common things might come up that you have to welcome in to yourself. Things that are like, you know, there was a season that meant a lot to me and that season is over now. If I don't have blank, then who am I? And what if I regret getting rid of this? These are like kind of scary emotions that's like, oh, I don't want to feel this or I don't want to, the decision is made for me. I'm putting it back in the bottom of 30 pounds of books where I'll never have to see this again and have to deal with this. Like, um, there are times when you keep things because of seasons of your life uh, that were really happy for you, maybe a relationship, uh, either a friendship or a relative or uh, a relationship that was important and that person is gone now. Like, there's a, there's a sense of like, if I don't hold on to this, then will the memory of that leave? Or if I don't clutch onto this, then is the person who mattered so much to me gone now? And that's something for you. That's like not for the faint of heart. That's like grown up level of analysis. Like that is a certain level of spiritual fortitude that you need to draw deep from to be able to, uh, to address. And, um, and same with, with all these things, like, uh, how many seminary books did I keep? <laughs> okay. 
where that's like i read one chapter of this because it was required and i didn't read the rest of it but if i get rid of a seminary book then am i no does it no longer count does my seminary education not matter anymore why did i work so hard for it if i didn't you know it feels like a sunk cost but really like um you already know what you need in your life and if you're finding that there are certain books or certain things that uh, you don't need anymore, then just thank them for supporting you for a season that, where that you did need them. And then, you know what I'm saying? You get what you get what I'm you get what I'm vibing for. So basically, what we're trying to uh, recognize one pattern and then switch it over to another pattern. So the one pattern is that when you experience discomfort in trying to discard things. That you, uh, internally, it says, I can't handle this. This is too scary or this is too big or this is too stressful or I'll never get done or um, this is way out of my control. And then because of that fear, you put it off and the discomfort actually grows bigger because it's like, okay, I, I can't actually um, go through these photos because it's too painful for me. I can't handle this. And then the next time you see those photos, it's like, well, I already said that it was a big deal and I can't handle it, so it must be a really big deal. And then it snowball, the fear snowball just keeps on going and going. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like putting this off, putting this off is turning this into a way bigger thing than it would have been otherwise. And so now we're in like an ultra super hostage situation when it really didn't need to be that in the first place. And so we're trying to notice that and then offer it up to God and instead kind of exchange that for whenever I experience discomfort, I can reach deep and say, God's support is deeper than my pain. There is something like uh, uh, Paul Tillich calls it the ground of our being. It's like there's the pain but or the discomfort, but underneath that, there's something greater. There's something stronger. There's something more reliable in the love of God. And that, that thing that's underneath it is ultimately good and wants like abundance in my life and, and justice in the world. Like the, like the practice here is like, how can I get in touch with my ultimate security so that the pain doesn't seem as intense? And this is actually just like what it means to be, this is what it means to be a person of faith, by the way, uh, just to continually reach down through our suffering to contemplate the goodness of God, kind of like regardless of what is going on in your life. And, and the more, the stronger that you get at that, which by the way, doesn't mean that pain doesn't happen in the life of people of faith. It doesn't mean that suffering isn't going to come. It means that like we can, um, get in touch with a God who is going to love us more deeply than the suffering is hurting us. And everything changes once that starts clicking. Like everything changes once your practice uh, gets into place. And uh, because eventually when we get in, in, in touch with that, we notice that like God's love is enduring and whatever was causing us suffering is finite. And that creates a certain type of release that sets us free. That's kind of the whole point. And, and the whole, like Jesus being on the cross and resurrecting and the grace of Jesus is saying like, you don't have to earn God's love. There is no condition to God's love. You don't have to be good enough for God's love. You instead are tasked with relying on God's love that is always there and finding it again and again. You, you're picking up what I'm throwing down? Yeah. 
So, um, so I realized as I'm, you know, tidying through my mementos that eventually I came to the realization that said, even if I didn't have any of this stuff, I could still live an abundant life with God. Even if I didn't have any of these things that I'm like, oh, should I get rid of this? Should I not get rid of this? Ah, should I, ah, am I thinking, realizing like, actually, if I lost all of this, God would still love me. And that is the most important and only truth of my life. That's like the only thing that matters. And so if I don't have any of my stuff, then like I still have the thing that I need to be able to, to be a whole person. And that takes away the power that you have forfeited to your items. You know, that, that's like when it starts to be real. And then, and then you get to have things that you're actually choosing and being intentional about. Okay, uh, I want to say a quick thing about rehoming mementos. This is just a quick, uh, and then we're, we're going to wrap up. Um, a, a, a strong temptation is that when you have a sentimental item is to re-gift it to someone else in your family or someone who's important to you because it's like, I can't hold on to this, but if I know that someone I love has this, then I can kind of separate from it. But I just want to name that the joy is in exchanging the gift. It is unfair to obligate someone else to hold onto a sentimental item that you don't want to lose. And so if it's like, wow, this is such an important, like my grandma's wedding dress, I can't, I don't, I can't hold on to this anymore. So I'm going to give it to my, uh, uh, my uh, daughter. And, and, then, and then you find out later that your daughter got rid of that. Like that is her choice that she gets to decide that. Uh, because you said that this is a gift, and a gift means that you are offering it without any strings attached to it. So, um, yeah, so with that, uh, just a little note on that. Okay, uh, that is uh, a very... Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't really stick the landing for this sermon, but I'm just naming like that's the, the sermon is done now. Okay, uh, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> Keep going.